Hey, good morning, everyone. Hopefully you're having a great weekend so far. Let's stand together and worship this morning. You guys alive out there? Man, let's just continue to celebrate. Let's just continue to thank Jesus just for this beautiful day that he's given us. And let's just continue to honor him with our praise. Amen. 
Father, we come before you today and we're so thankful that you are the great I am. We thank you, Lord, that in you we can come alive and be free and live the kind of life that you created us to live, Father. I just thank you today for this gathering. I thank you for those who have gathered online today. And God, I thank you for all those who are serving throughout this place today and our children, our students, God. I just thank you, Father, that when two or more are gathered in your name, Father, you promised to gather with us, God. So we know that you're here. We thank you for that. We ask, dear God, that you would just bless the message and, and uh, today, Lord, and open our hearts to receive all that you have for us and bless Gay and anoint her as she uh, speaks to us today from the word, God. I pray that it would not go out void. Lord, we thank you today. We thank you for our teachers, Lord, today, that uh, Father, that uh, had a short summer, and we pray, dear God, that you will just give them strength and courage and all that they need this day to, uh, Father, to head back to school and to minister to our students. And uh, God, I just pray that your protection and watch care over each one, over our students, Lord. I pray, dear God, that you would bless our students. And Lord, I pray this will be a good year in Spotsylvania County. And God, I pray that uh, in Fredericksburg and around the area, Lord, I pray that many, Lord, uh, would just have a great experience. Lord, I pray for those teachers that, uh, God, that uh, want to uh, share the gospel in ways, Lord, that uh, that they can do that in the schools. And I pray that you would open doors and opportunities, Father, uh, for that to happen. So, Lord, we thank you today for all of our teachers, uh, Lord, not only here, but in our child care as well. And we're thankful for those that teach there, Lord. And, Father, I just pray that this will be a good year. Uh, in the lives of those who are attached to our public schools. And we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated except for if you're a teacher, we want you to stand just a minute. Any teachers in here today? All right, we got one, two, we got two, three, three teachers in here. Praise the Lord. Let's give them a hand. 
Now, when you see those teachers, just remember to pray for them. That's a, a difficult uh, assignment, and they do that because they get paid so much. So, uh, <laughs> not really. Anyway, teachers, we know that uh, we saw on Facebook that many of you are out buying supplies for your students. And uh, so we got the bright thought of making a little packet of supplies for you. So after service, uh, there will be a table out there that you can pick up some supplies that may help you uh, to get started and uh, provide some material for those who maybe didn't bring it. And uh, so also our school zone prayers. Uh, don't forget about that. We start that up again as you come through a school zone. Uh, if you would just remember to pray. Uh, when you hit that blinking light or you see that sign at uh, school zones, uh, just whisper a little prayer and ask the Lord uh, to give grace and, and courage and strength and protection over the school, the teachers, uh, you know, and the administrators. Um, it's been a short summer because I don't do that in the summer. Man, it's like right now we're doing it again. Uh, so uh, kind of remember that. We might have some stickers around here that you can put on your windshield as a reminder. I got one on mine. Uh, so... If you'd help us with that, it means a lot, I know, uh, to our teachers and our schools. So let's uh, join together and do that. Also, I want to uh, call your attention to we're going to take our tithes and offerings in just a moment. And uh, we appreciate uh, your giving and how you give so faithfully. Many of you give of your tithes and offerings, on, and uh, we appreciate that. And it helps make the things here, uh, makes it able for us to do the things here that God has called us to do, and that's to share real hope with anyone everywhere. And so when you give, uh, you're helping in our student ministries, our children's ministries, and uh, helping to uh, make sure that we keep things going the way God would have us to do that. So thank you uh, for your giving. Uh, you can fill out a connection card. That'd be great, especially if you're a guest. If you're a guest today, we're glad that you're here. And um, there's a table out there, first-time guests, and we have a gift for you. And uh, so if we could all fill out our connection cards, you can drop that in the bucket when uh, we take our offering. And uh, also check in on Facebook, and that would be greatly appreciated. So I hope that uh, God does, shows up in your life today as you open your heart to Him to receive all that God has for you. Thank you for being here, and uh, don't forget to invite a friend to come with you uh, next week. God bless. All right, we have a couple of other just quick announcements for you. For the past couple of weeks, we've been doing our Back to Basics course. This is really just a class uh, that was specifically designed, uh, you know, we get asked uh, pretty frequently, you know, different topics of the, the Bible and just different uh, things about, like, theology. And so we just wanted to have just a basic class that kind of just outlines everything of our faith. And so we've been in this for the past couple of weeks, but this course was specifically designed to where, you know what, if you've missed every single week, it's still okay. You could still come right in. This weekend, uh, we'll be talking about uh, regeneration uh, and adoption. Uh, and so really uh, just come. It's at 6 o'clock. Uh, you can bring a snack. Child care is provided, and it's just a great time just really getting into uh, the Bible and really what it has to say. So how many of you guys know what regeneration is? Uh, I went to Liberty, and I had 1,700 Bible classes. I'm not exactly sure if I know. So maybe you guys want to come to that and learn what regeneration is. It doesn't have anything to do with lizards getting their legs back. I did learn that yesterday. Um, oh, there's nothing on here. Okay, so one thing I wanted to let you guys know about is something exciting coming up. It's our end of summer bash, and this is 
sponsored by the student ministries, but we want to help them out as much as we can. They're going to be going over to the Salem Fields townhouses, which is just around the corner from us here, across from Freedom um, Freedom Middle and Smith Station Elementary School, the townhouse section that's right there. Um, they're going to go over there and do a lot of games, have some fun activities, um, dunking booths, I think I heard, and um, some food and different things like that. And they're going to have a lot of fun there. It's from 1 to 4 p.m., and they need lots of volunteers to help them make that happen. So if you're interested in helping out with that, um, it's uh, 1 to 4, as I said, on August 25th. It's the Saturday coming up in like two weeks. And um, you can email student students at salemfields.com. They're going to come here after that during the service time at around 6, and they're going to watch The Greatest Show. So you can send your greatest showman. I don't know why I said show. It's like my favorite movie, so whatever. But um, it'll be back there in student ministries during the service that Saturday night. It's going to be a lot of fun. So, Peyton, take it. Lastly, um, we have our men's night out and women's night out coming up. Um, so if you guys have ever been to one of those, you know that it is a lot of fun. Um, we start our fantasy football league um, on August 30th, which is a Thursday at 7 p.m. Um, so if you are planning on attending, we are encouraging encouraging you to pre-sign up. Um, so men, you can sign up um, by emailing men at SalemFields.com, and women, you can sign up by emailing women at SalemFields.com. It's $5 per person um, to cover the food. Uh, I'm sorry, to cover the cost of food. Um, but like I said, if you guys are interested in pre-signing up, just go ahead and email um, those two addresses. All right. Thank you, Peyton. Well, now it's time to play... Anatomy. So... If you guys haven't been able to tell, uh, this weekend's message is called Dry Bones. So we figured that for the game this weekend that we would find out just how much you guys know about bones. And so uh, we're going to ask you some questions. And so you, it's going to be multiple choice. And then you guys yell out what you think the answer to the question is. And so you guys kind of have a consensus. And we'll see just how much the 9 a.m. service knows about bones. So let's get started. Question number one. What is the hardest bone in the body to break? Man, I don't even need to give you all the options. But you already nailed it, so we can just go ahead and just pass that one. So. All right, this one's going to be a lot harder. How many bones make up the human face? I should say the average human face. You are wrong, okay? 14, 26, or 5? How many? Five? Um, not birth. Not birth. We got a ringer. Okay. 14. Okay, let's see what we got up here. Oh, yeah, it's 14. I heard the answers last night and I didn't remember this morning. Okay, what percentage of the world's animals have bones? We have 23%, 47%, or 10%. I'm hearing a bunch of different answers. What are we deciding on? B. Okay, 47%. Aw. It's pretty amazing. All right. Adults have 206 bones. How many do babies have? Our options are 209, 164, or 300. I think I have like one, one saying here, this one saying a different one. So, 
All right, we'll go with A. That's what I'm hearing the most. And up. There you go, 300. I did hear a lot of 300s out there in some of you guys' defense. Okay, this is serious. How many blood cells does bone marrow produce in a second? 36,000, 2 million, or 14,560? What, B? A lot. Uh, I would think it's a lot. I don't actually know the answer. Uh, so what is it? It's 2 million. So... You were okay. right, a lot. What individual body part has over one-eighth of the body's bones? A foot, an ear, or a hand? Man, it's like split, hand and foot. What are we going to decide on? Foot, okay. Oh. Peppers, Dr. Peppers. <laughs> All right, what is the smallest bone in the body? The stirrup bone, the funny bone, or the phalanges bone? All right. We're going with A. Well done. Stirrup bone All in right, the ear. All right, smarty pants. Where's the stirrup bone located? Okay, whatever. I just said it. I knew that too. What is the only bone not connected to any other bone? The metacarpal bone, the floating rib, which definitely isn't real, and a hyoid bone. I heard one bold answer, which was hyoid. You guys willing to, to risk it all on hyoid? Okay, risk it. We're risking it all. Hyoid. Way to go. Okay, last question, so you guys got to get this right. Cartilage between our bones squeezes throughout the day. How much shorter are we at night than we are in the morning? We have three-fourth inch, one centimeter, or 74 millimeters. Three-fourth inch. All right, what's the right answer? Ah, oh, that's okay. <laughs> well done, y'all. You guys definitely did better than the Saturday night crowd. So we'll see if you do better than the 11 a.m. But now you have something to talk about at parties. So there you go. Uh, so like I said, we uh, Pastor Gay has a great message for us this morning. It's called Dry Bones. And so uh, as those buckets pass by, why don't you stand with us and just sing this out with us?
I didn't want to give you more information. And so I went to my office after all of this and really going to the Lord, and I sat on my sofa in the corner, and I looked out at the pond, and I saw the geese out there and the beauty of nature, and I said, you know, I'm empty. I got nothing. And Buddy came into my office, and I said, I don't have a thing. I have no direction. I don't exactly know what to do. And so I just sat there. And it was though the Holy Spirit said to me, dry bones, dry bones. And I thought of the story in Ezekiel. I thought of the prophet, the Old Testament prophet, and the, and, and the Old Testament book of Ezekiel in 30, uh, chapter 37 that talks about dry bones. It's kind of a creepy little story, but we're going to talk a lot about bones today. Watch this. Bones, 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 I said a bones, bones, bonesy bones. Bones, 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 I said a bones, bones, bonesy bones. Cranium, mandible, don't forget the clavicle. Sternum, ribs, scapula, and ultimately the ulna. Humorous, radius, humorous, radius, humorous. Pelvis, sacrum, coccyx, and the lumbar vertebra. A dancing skeleton, you really can't beat that, right? Well, Buddy told you that we had gone on a road trip to Philadelphia, and we just kind of choose a place and just go do it. And we ended up at the, uh, they had looked up some odd places to go, and, and uh, an odd place that our little group decided to go was to the Mutter Museum in Philadelphia. We almost flip a coin and say, where, where do we go? And so that's where we ended up. And uh, as I was prepping for this message, uh, we went and experienced that, and I was prepping for this message. I went to the website of the mutter, and I should have done that before I went because on there it said, know what you're in for on the website. <laughs> I should have. I should have known what I was in for. before. When, as we walked in, we saw this, disturbingly informative. Now, that doesn't even begin to tell you what is inside the Mutter Museum. Uh, I had no idea what I was in for. Uh, the Mutter Museum is filled with oddities of the human body. And I'm telling you, there were things that I saw there with my eyes. I think I'm a little still in trauma. <laughs> but uh, I saw things that I, I never thought about before. And uh, really, I won't get into all of those. But really, what the Mutter Museum is filled with is disease, decay, deterioration, and death. Oh, it's making me squeamish. You're watching me get a little anxiety here even talking about But you see, the, the Mutter Museum is with the College of Physicians. So the reason that they have all of this is because they have studied the deterioration of the human body so that they can make medical advances. And thank God that there are people that are willing to do that. 
You know, last night I had, oh, they've got Einstein's, a sliver of Einstein's brain there, and they've studied it, and that was really interesting to read about. Last night after the service, a man came, came to me, and he said, you know, my mom was a microbiologist, and she worked on human tissue, and she, he said, many times I would ride with her as a child to the airport to pick up a dead body because she would study the brains, and she would get the brain, and we'd be traveling with this brain, and then she'd go make me a hamburger for dinner. <laughs> I'm, I'm serious. And he was like all creeping. He said, I'm just like you. It makes me, I can't believe I went through that. It was really fascinating to listen to the stories from him. And I said, I'm so glad I have somebody like you that gets squeamish when you hear these things. But uh, the, when I walked in there, there was this whole wall. I'm telling you, it was big as that. Isn't that a great skull over there? It was filled with skulls. And people actually adopt these skulls. I mean, people do it. And it was a whole row of skulls. And I got fascinated with the teeth because I think it was helped me kind of center. And uh, a lot of them had a full head of teeth just like that. And others seemed to have the front two or three broken out. And I kind of wondered about that. But there were lots of skulls. And then there was a room for Civil War. Uh, you know, they did surgeries in the Civil War, right? You know how they did those surgeries, right? They showed the tools and like, uh, you know, yeah, pretty barbaric. And so I had to get out of that room. <laughs> and then I went in, and they had babies in formaldehyde and those kinds of things. And it was like I was walking around like this. I was so squeamish. I felt like I was going to pass out. I am so thankful that God led me to specialize in minds and souls <laughs> and not human bodies because my, my heart is even racing right now. Uh, and so what does this Old Testament prophet, Ezekiel, and this Old Testament book, Ezekiel, and the Valley of the Dry Bones have to do with any relevance for our life today. Uh, well, I thought I needed to lighten up. And one of the things, you know, I've been stretching board members out of their comfort zones, right? Well, today I said, uh, Rich and Jody and, and Peyton, I'm going to stretch you guys because you're going to have to do this dumb little song. Stand up with us, and we're going to shake it out, and we're going to talk about how these bones are connected, okay? This is just a little song that we can do together, and I want you to shout it out and hit that skeleton next to you, all right? Here we go. Ezekiel cried them, dry bones. Ezekiel cried them, dry bones. Oh, hear the word of the Lord. The wood bone connected to the leg bone. The leg bone connected to the knee bone. The knee bone connected to the thigh bone. The thigh bone connected to the back bone. The back bone connected to the neck bone. The neck bone connected to the head bone. Oh, hear the word of the Lord. Walk around them bones and bones gonna walk around them bones and bones gonna walk around Hear the word of the Lord. Oh, hear the word of the Lord. 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 Hear the word of the L
anatomy lesson today, did you? I had anatomy and physiology and kinesiology and all of those, and I still didn't remember those answers. Thank you, guys. That was pretty silly, wasn't it? But it was fun, wasn't it? <laughs> That's fun. Well, I don't know if you have ever thought about it. I think about these things. But the natural order of this world is to go from something new and created and wonderful to deterioration and decay and death. Have you ever thought about that? That is the natural. Hey, you buy a car. The moment you drive it off of the lot, it depreciates, right? The moment you drive it off, you can't sell it for what you just bought it for. What about the aging process? That's what people are trying to stop, but you're not, we're not going to stop it. If I had a little child out here, stood them right there, you would see the aging process between them and me. And as I get older, things are going to happen, right? I, I get really fascinated those commercials where they've got old people and they show the before and then the after is just like barely changed. And I'm thinking, when we get to this stage of life, I mean, really, what does it matter? <laughs> <laughs> and, and uh, you know, even our attention, well, think of a house. We're, we're working on our house right now to kind of get it ready for the next stage of its life. It's 23 years old, and there are a lot of repairs. I mean, it certainly doesn't look today like it looked the day that we moved in. Everything, the world order is that we go from beautiful to deterioration and decay. That's just how this world takes us. Even our attention is exactly the same. It goes in that same direction, right? We get something new, and before you know it, we're just kind of bored with it, and uh, we get dry. It kind of wears out on us. I mean, that's certainly what's happening with relationships today. It's like, you know, there's such a thing as starter marriages now where you get married and you think, well, if this isn't going to work out, then I'll go find somebody new. That happens in, it happens in churches. People will go to a church and it's wonderful and it's, it's new and then you kind of learn a few things about it and it's not so fun anymore and we get bored and we begin to see all the flaws and, and we go out. Think of technology. I mean, the upgrades with technology are at lightning speed, right? You get an iPhone and you need an iPhone quicker than you used to need an iPhone to upgrade it and Computers do the same thing. It does not take long for cool, new, or new, cool to wear out. We get bored. And our question for us today is, when you get bored, what do you turn to? What filling station do you go to to fill back up to get that hit that's going to make you feel kind of new and fresh again? And I'll tell you this, the world offers us lots and lots and lots of filling stations. We can fill up so that we always kind of have the new and the change and, you know, that's, that's just the natural order of this world. And when we go around in circles like that, I don't know if you were here for last week's message, it was an incredible message, you can watch it online, but when we go around in circles like that, we are destined to become spiritually dry. So bored that whatever it is that we've been pumping in there, whether it's porn or whether it's some kind of uh, thing to make us feel better in the moment, we're gonna hit the skids. 
We're going to become spiritually dry when we're trying to fill it up with things that will never fill us and sustain us over time. When the thrill is gone and when things aren't going the way that we want them to, where do you turn? Where do you go to be filled up again? It turns out that we're not much different than people thousands of years ago. You know why? Because people have always been the same. Our needs have always been the same. And so we're going to look at the people thousands of years ago in Ezekiel's time, and it was the Israelite people, and they were God's chosen people. I mean, God loved these people. He chose them specifically exactly like us today. Because he loved them so much, that's what we have in common with these people thousands of years ago. And he always had a plan for their life, just like he has a plan for our life. And the plan that he had for their life and our life was for the very best. He wanted the best for them. You think about your children. You don't look at them and say, well, you know, I, I want them to have plan B or C. No, you want them to have the very best. And that's how God was with them. It's how he is with us. And he blessed them. And he wanted to restore them. And he wanted them to have the very best. But they just couldn't grasp it. That's how we humans are, you know. We just kind of get in the natural flow of things. And God would continually give them opportunities. But so often they just couldn't see it. Because they were so caught up in their own personal filling stations that they couldn't see the gift that God was giving them. And that's very similar to who we are today. So in the Old Testament, the Old Covenant, God sent prophets. And the reason he sent prophets was because they were the voice that communicated to the people God's plan and God's direction. They were the voice. So here's Ezekiel, one of the prophets that God had sent. And uh, he was, God was once again hoping that the people would get it. And so Ezekiel gave this, uh, this, this story, and it, it reminded me of the Mutter Museum because it was just a little creepy too. Now this video is going to give the scripture for our, for our message today. And it's a little creepy, so watch this. The hand of the Lord was upon me. He brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley. He asked me, Son of man, can these bones live? I said, O sovereign Lord, you alone know. Then he said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, Dry bones, hear the voice of the Lord. I will make breath into you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound, and the bones came together, bone to bone. I looked, and tendons and flesh appeared on them, and skin covered them. 
but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath and say to it, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe into these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath entered them. They came to life and stood up on their feet, a vast army. And this is how God wants to raise up his vast army today. That was relevant to the children of Israel, and it's still relevant for us today. Because he was talking about the valley of the dry bones, and Ezekiel was saying, I'm calling out these dry bones. Well, how does that pertain to us today? In, the, in, in two verses, there's a problem that the Israelites had. In Ezekiel 37, 2, in verse 2, Israel had been suffering from spiritual emptiness. Have you ever been there? Have you ever said, I, I got nothing? I, I just feel like dry bones. It, it seems like my prayers aren't going above the roof. It seems like I'm not hearing from the Lord. It seems like my life is just a, a bit off course. Or we may be caught up in the wonderfulness of life and how well things are going and our attention is on that. And the most dangerous place to be is not to even realize that we're spiritually dry. That's an even more dangerous place. And the Israelites had that problem. They'd had that for a long time. They'd been in that spiritual dryness and they had gotten bored and it was a way of life for them. They'd become disconnected from, from God. They were lifeless. Their lives were in chaos. How do you know when you're dry? Well, it tells about it in verse 11. It says, we lose hope. We began to think that this problem in our life, the way that our children are responding or the circumstances that we have or this boss that we have, the annoying people in our life or this spouse that's just angry, we began to think that there's just no hope. This is never going to change. And then we begin to camp out right there and say, well, I'm, I'm hopeless. I, I'm helpless. There's nothing I can do to change this situation that we're in. And over time, that will lead us to a place of dryness because we're just camping out and saying, you know what, there's no hope in this. And we've just kind of given up in that. And then we kind of live our life following that pattern. You see, the children of Israel had started out in the promised land. God had blessed them. He had given them the land of milk and honey, and it was lush, and it was fruitful, and they didn't appreciate what they had, and they began to rebel, just like human beings rebel. They began to rebel against God because they didn't want to follow his commands. They wanted to do it their way, because in us, human beings, we want to be God. We want to direct our own life. We want to say what we want and how it should go. We want to be God. They did too. And so they began to grumble and complain. And you know what God did then? He exiled them to lots of other nations. They were scattered to other nations. And even today, the Jews are beginning to come back to the homeland from that exile that happened even in this time. And then other things began to, besides their relationship with God, got in the way. They weren't in fellowship with God. Oh, yeah, they still did their religious, religious rituals. They would still come and they would still sacrifice and they would still worship and they would still sing. They would do their religious exercises, but they got really comfortable in their dryness, and they got really comfortable in their boredom because they said, well, this is as good as it gets. This is just how it is. 
Can't we relate to that in our life today? It kind of gets to that place in our life. And then the dancing stopped. And the celebrating stopped. And they really start, stopped talking about what God had done for them by bringing them out of, out of slavery. They had forgotten about that. They weren't really grateful for what they had. They just griped and complained that people weren't doing what they wanted them to do. And boy, isn't that the natural progression of us as human beings? Takes my breath away. And then idols begin to creep in. We say, well, I don't have an idol. Oh, what gets most of your attention? What gets most of your attention? You see, we've got perfect ways of filling in our boredom now. All, we have to, all I have to do is pick up my device and play Word, and I'm not bored anymore. And what's going on when I'm not paying attention like I did in my office and I sat there in my empty and God spoke to me? How many times does God want to speak to us in our empty, in our dry? But instead, we're filling it. We're filling it up with other things. That is an idol in our life. And this is a hardcore message because Ezekiel was right in the face of the people and he was saying, there's disobedience in the camp. There's disobedience. There are things that we need to look. Do you realize that you can go to church, that you can read your Bible, that you can do a morning devotional? that you can sing three songs as we did this morning about being alive and still be dry bones. It's a little scary, isn't it? And God loved the people so much that he sent Ezekiel to tell them about the valley of the dry bones and how there were so many people walking around as skeletons. You see, this is where the Israelites were, and God loved them, and he wanted better for them, and he wanted better for us. And it might be where you are right now. You're overwhelmed, and your attention seems to go to the finances that you just don't seem to have enough, or a child that's wayward, and you get your focus on that, or you're struggling with some anxiety, and you're doing whatever you can to get over that anxiety. And our, that's where our attention goes. It gets most of our attention because if we're overwhelmed, we have to ask us, is that problem bigger than my God? Well, yeah, it is because that's what's getting our attention. You see, most likely, every day, our attention shifts to something that's just like the children of Israel. And we begin to get our eyes on the things that will cause us to grumble and to complain. And we'll forget. I just spoke with someone this week, and the very last thing that we decided to do was to just fill one page about that full of the things that they were thankful for. It totally changes our framework. You see, here's something very important for you to hear today, for me to hear. We can still be connected. Did you see in that video how the bones came together? God connected the bones, but do you know what was created when those bones were connected? Just a skeleton. It was still dry bones. It was connected. You see, we can be connected to all of the religious things. We can do good things. We can serve. We can do all of the right things. We can do our rituals, but still be dry 
bones. And God gives two words for that, to bring dead bones back to life, and that's called a new covenant. That was the old covenant that we don't do away with. It's a very valuable lesson for us to hear from Ezekiel and to hear from the, about the valley of the bones because in, even in Ezekiel 36, it speaks of the new covenant and it says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove you from your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh and I will put my spirit, breath and life, into your dry bones. And if you noticed in that video, the change was from the inside out. It wasn't like in our world today that we think that we just have, need to have better people or better circumstances in our life. God is saying that that connection and that that life is going to come from the inside out. It's completely reversed from the natural way that things go in our world. And in Ezekiel 37, 4 through 7, it describes this new covenant. Ezekiel says, here's what the first thing we need to do is to declare, is to say what God says. Say to those dry bones. Say to whatever that is that's getting your attention. Hear the word of the Lord. This is my life. I declare over you the same thing that the Lord declares. This is what the sovereign Lord says. I will not settle for that picture of myself that somebody gave me when I was very young. I will not settle for the insecurities in my life because I see myself as less than than I see other people. I will not settle for those fears in my life that I pander to every day and I protect in my heart. I will not settle for a wound in my heart that that needs to be healed that's coming out in an addiction that I have I will not settle Ezekiel said declare say what the Lord says over those dry bones dry bones hear the word of the Lord wow that's what Ezekiel says to do in other words he says refuse to stay admit yeah, I've got things that take me out of fellowship with God because I get my focus on that. I've got this addiction that I'm fueling. I've got this anxiety that I've got to manage in my life. And say to that, I refuse to keep my eyes on that and I, I, I shift my view back to where it belongs. And Ezekiel says, I did that. And when he did that, in verse 7, it says there was a noise. You remember in the video, and, the, and, the, and God began to connect things. The bones came together. There was twisting and jerking and rattling movement. And his word brought some understanding. And those bones came together. And, and that's what happens, that we get some understanding. Oh, I see what's happening here, God. You're bringing this back together. But remember, connection to God's word does not bring life. There was a whole lot of shaking going on there, but that skeleton still did not have life. You see, we need to be connected. We need to do those devotionals. We need to be reading our Bible. We need to be praying, but that will not bring you life. That's just bones connected. That's the direction that God wants us to go in. And in 
in verse 8, it says, even though I gave the word, even though I declared over those dry bones, there was still no breath. It was still lifeless movement. And as I said, we can do all kinds of things. We can listen to good preaching. We can, nobody here does this, but you can get up and jump up and shout and say hallelujah and praise the Lord. And you can go out of here and you can say, whew, boy, I feel better. I feel motivated. I feel inspired. And you can still be dry bones. There's more. You see, the word, the Bible by itself, and knowledge will only turn us into logical people. That's not what God designed for us. The word, the Bible by itself, it'll make connection, but it will not give you breath. We cannot live spiritually, especially without breath. We cannot live without water. Without water and without breath, all we are is dry bones. Yeah, maybe connected. We're coming to church. We're doing all the right things. We're serving. But we have no life. We're not alive. We're not testifying to the transformation that God is making in our life. I once was that. I once was an angry person, but I allowed the breath of life and the living water to flow through my life and he's transforming my heart. No, I'm just coming to church and I'm singing a song, but I really don't have that. I don't see where God's changing me. That's dry bones. You see, to leave the valley of the bones, you have to have life, not just connection. Because if we just have connection, all we'll be is that silly little dancing skeleton up there doing all the things that other people say, oh, you're so cute. I really like the way you dance. Oh, you look like you're alive. But you know, you're just a skeleton, dry bones, dry bones. You see, when God said, he, God said, you need my spirit. When God created he spoke the word. But then it says the spirit did an action, took an action step. The spirit it is what gives action. It's what creates change. And the spirit hovered over the water. And then God formed man from the dust, and he was dry. But he breathed breath. And he came alive. And we have to ask ourselves, how alive am I? What is generating inside of me? Is it just my feelings? Is it just my knowledge, my logic? You see, the Bible, the word, is absolutely essential. It is our guide. It is our roadmap. It is the living, breathing word of God. It is organic. It is alive. It is changing. But it is not the spirit that brings us to life. It is absolutely essential but not sufficient. You can memorize all the scripture you want. You can hide it in your heart, but it will not change your heart. 
You can do devotionals. You can sing songs. You can serve. You can go to church. You can be connected, but still be lifeless bones. There were plenty of connected bones in the Mutter Museum. Lots of skeletons. There's a lot of them in science labs. There's a lot of them in schools. And sadly, there are a lot of them walking around in churches. See, connection does not bring the plan that God designed for his people that he loves so much. And I believe what's missing in our world today, why the people out there don't want our religious stuff, they don't want our grumbling and complaining, and my concern is they're not seeing the spirit alive, a mighty army that's rising up and saying, oh my goodness, he's transforming me to look more like Jesus. I was so much full of myself. And when I accepted him and received the living water into my life, he's been transforming my heart. And when that happens, you don't follow his word because you have to. You don't come to church because you think that's what you're supposed to do. You don't do all of those things because you have to. When you do that, you get miserable and eventually you're going to quit. You do it because it's springing up from a wellspring inside of you and says, this spirit that's living in me, I need to nurture it, I need to feed it, I need to spend time in relationship with him. And you do things because you want to. That's what the world needs to see, that you're not doing this stuff just because that's what you do when you're a Christian. Do you see the difference? My concern, the reason that people aren't aren't coming to church anymore as they're saying, well, I don't need church. If you read all the articles, that's what they're saying. They're called the nuns. They say, well, the N-O-N-E-S, not the N-U-N-S, but the nuns, they're saying, I don't need church. Why do I need church in my life? That's the going thing in our world today. And I get it. I understand why people think that they don't need to go to church because why? What's the point? It's just the discipline in my life. That's not what God called us to be. We come here because we want to be in corporate worship and the spirit of God is here. And there's something new that he wants us to hear. And even if it's a boring message, there's a kernel of truth in there that God has specifically for you. I can sit in any boring message and I can say, Holy Spirit, reveal to me something that I need for my life. And every single time, instead of walking out and saying, well, I heard all that before. No. God spoke to me with this one little sentence because my ears were open and my spirit needed nurtured and my spirit was springing up from inside of me and no longer am I dry bones. I don't do those things because I have to. I do because I have this relationship with Jesus Christ and I want it to be nurtured and I want to, for him to get bigger in my life and for me to get smaller and for him to transform me into looking more like him and the only way that transformation will happen is in a heart, when a heart is changed. When a heart is changed. We can do all of the things and still be dry bones. In Ezekiel it says, I will put my spirit in you. I long for the day that a mighty army rises up. People who call themselves Christ fillers, followers, filled with the, the Holy Spirit, 
not even focusing on any of that, but just going out into the world and allowing that excitement. Even in your tough times when you say, oh man, I have a foundation that is split and it's probably gonna cost me $40,000, but you know what? I do not worry one shred of a moment on that because you know who has me in his hands? He's got the whole, he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Why would I be concerned about a measly little $40,000? That, is that what the world's hearing from us? See, that's alive. When we're in those, it doesn't mean we're going to have wonderful times. It means we're going to have some problems. Oh, man, we're making this transition in this church. And you know what? It's important down the road where there's a, you know, oh, my goodness, I could worry about that. But you know what? I go to the Lord and I say, God, you got that in your hands. You already know who's going to be here. It really matters to me. It really matters to me because this is my baby. This is what we've given our life to for 23 years. It really matters. But you know what? There is no person, there is no one that can get in the way of your plan. That's a beautiful way to live. It's the world seeing that in us. We don't have to go out and try to be super Christian. All we have to do is go out and live in the spirit, allowing the spirit to flow out of us. Listen, there is not a teacher alive that can bring life to you. you can make, they can make you laugh. They can make you understand something. They can impress you with their knowledge. They can motivate you. But I or any preacher or any podcast you ever listen to cannot bring you life. It can pump you up in your knowledge. It can pump you up in your logic. It can make you very impressive in front of other people when you know so much about the Bible but that doesn't give life. That's not the wellspring. Only the Spirit can give you life. In 2 Corinthians it says, but whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where, there is, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. There's freedom in the Spirit. And it's all about learning how to listen to His voice. And that takes time and nurture. And it takes intentionality to say, Lord, I, I want to hear your voice. You know, if Buddy was sitting, or Rich is right there. If I turned this way and a couple of you uh, said, hey, gay, I may not recognize that voice because I don't know you. But if Rich said to me, hey, gay, I'd say, that's Rich. Because I know his voice. Because I've spent a lot of time with Rich. And when Rich comes to my office, I want to listen to Rich. I know his voice. And you see, we don't take enough time. We just listen to what other people tell us to do instead of having people in your life that will help you understand and nurture how to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. I'll never forget, Christian was four years old, and he was standing in my kitchen. He was looking out the back door, and he said, Nana, how do you hear God's voice? And I was like, uh. <laughs> because how do you tell a four-year-old? Every one of us need to be able to answer to a four-year-old that says, here is how you hear, I hear the voice of the Lord. And it's customized to each one of you. His voice is customized to you. And it takes time and it takes nurturing that relationship. You see, the Holy Spirit is not your feelings. 
A lot of people will say, well, I just feel it. I just, it, I just, I think I need to go in this direction because just kind of my gut feel. The Holy Spirit is not feelings. Do not minimize. Your feelings were given to you to add color to your life, but were never given to you for you to follow. They will let you down and they will trick you every time. You follow your feelings and you'll end, find yourself ending up where you don't want to end up. It is not logic. It is not saying, well, this makes sense to me. If A plus B equals C, then that must be the way to go. No, that is not the Holy Spirit. It's not feel, he's not feelings. He's not logic. He is a still, small voice in your personal relationship with him, speaking to you, telling you when to turn and when to stop. And when you get to that point of temptation, as I did the other night, I had a temptation in my life and I just called on the Holy Spirit and I said, Holy Spirit, this is far beyond me. I need your power right now. And do you know what he did? He gave me the power not to fall into that temptation. Available to every single person here. We don't have to sin. Because when we have him alive in us, when we are something other than dry bones, he is, is at work in us at all times. If we don't hear that voice, we're either not a Christian and we haven't called on him or we haven't allowed the Holy Spirit to work for us. We don't need more Christians that are walking around like skeletons and dry bones. My concern is that's what we're showing to the world. We need to come alive. And it won't happen by singing songs or coming to church. It will happen because we have had a surrendered heart, vulnerable, crucifying our pride, not caring about what that person out there thinks. Oh, my goodness, if they go to the altar, then, oh, they must have a terrible... Well, every single one of us have things in our life. Until we can be vulnerable before other people and stop thinking. You know, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to bring the board members and why I stretch people out of their comfort zone is because when I see them take that step, a willingness to look foolish and to look silly, I know that God's going to do something special in their life because that's what he did for me. About 30 years ago, there was a song called, I'll Be a Fool for You, Jesus. And I said, you know what, Jesus? That's exactly what I'm willing to be for you. And every time I step on this stage, I have the temptation to feel really foolish, really stupid. And I've even had people come to me and say things to me that just fed into that. And I determined that praise and criticism were not going to be my guide that I had nailed it down and I said every time I come out and I speak in front of people and I risk being vulnerable and looking stupid, I'm doing this for you, Jesus. I'm doing this for you and that still small voice and fellowship with him has been developing in me. And I know his voice and I listen to it and sometimes I can't hear it and so I have to go to his word and I have to get direction. And when I go to his word and I find direction, it's like a GPS, right? How many people use GPS? Uh, it's really uh, fun to go to D.C. with Jody and her GPS. And watch her. We went to a Nats game the other night. She was driving us around. And she has a voice on her GPS that I think is a backstreet boy, and he sings to her. <laughs> Turn here. <laughs> and it was really a little creepy, but I really loved it. <laughs> and that's, that's what I'm talking about here. 
is that when you have your GPS, it gives you a map and it gives you the general, general directions of where you can go. But you need more than that map because then the voice comes and says, turn here. The map is not going to do that for you. And we can either listen to what that voice says or we can turn and get off course. Simple as that. This is our spiritual GPS. You cannot have the word without the voice of the Lord. The voice is the breath and the water and the life specialized and customized for your life specifically. You know, it was really interesting the other night uh, or the other day we were at Buddy's parents and, and Jody and Jason were there and uh, Jackson is 12. He's still 12 years old, so he's still very obedient to his mom. And his mom said, Jackson, go out to the car and get whatever. And so he gets up and he goes out and he, she said, no, come back here. And so he turns around and he goes back to her. And then she said, okay, now you can go. And so he gets up and he, I said, wow, voice control. I mean, she didn't even need a remote. All she had to do was and you know why Jackson does that? Well, I mean, he wants to be obedient, right? But he loves his mom. And he's obeying her because he loves her. And so we have to be under this voice control, the voice of the Holy Spirit. And this is what, it takes time. It takes relationship, and relationships are hard, aren't they? You know that because you're married. <laughs> They're hard. And you know that a marriage does not just work. Wouldn't that be wonderful if you just put it in cruise control and it was like, oh, honey, every morning you get up, I love you so, no. You have to spend some time and not the buddy isn't that way that I wouldn't get up every morning and say, oh, honey, you're so wonderful. No, it's all about, it's all about what I'm not. <laughs> Are you following me? And there will always be dryness where there is no water. We need water to live. And Jesus said this. This is the new covenant. He said, if anybody's thirsty, if anybody's dry, come to me. Let me be your filling station. Let me fill you up. I'm talking 24-7 if that's what's, what it's going to take for you in a day. Uh, Buddy and I were talking on the way, and he said, well, I spend time with the Lord in the morning. And he said, and then I realize I've got appointments, and I get up, and sometimes I don't hear what he has to tell. And I said, well, are those appointments more important than what God has to say to you? Why wouldn't you just stay in that place and call that person and say, I'm sorry. I need to hear the voice of the Lord. Do you see how easy it is for us to make other things more important than hearing that voice? And I believe that's what's missing in our churches and in our Christians today, is people specifically following the voice of the Holy Spirit. You've got the map. You're doing the things, but the voice says, turn here, but you don't. And God brings us all the way through history. He's brought his people to that place of opportunity. You've got just enough understanding from the word. You've got just enough light to take one small step. And then if you listen for the voice, the voice says, 
Speak over those dry bones and take that step, even if it feels like you're going to fall off the edge. I'm already there. And that's where we stop. We say, oh, I don't know about that, Lord. Uh, uh, that's so hard. I hear that one all the time. It's so, well, of course it's hard because it goes against the natural flow of this world. But are we believers in Jesus Christ or not? Because when he gives that opportunity, we get to choose. Are we going to step into him or are we going to play it our way? And my concern is that's where we are. Listen, God does not want to give you more information. He wants to give you transformation and he wants to bring you alive. And the way that happens is to follow your map, but to listen to the voice, you're still not alive until you take that step and you will see what he does. And that's where this scripture goes. It says, when others can see that in you, when you can see that in you, thus saith the Lord's, the dry bones have been called out and no longer are you dead. You're alive. And you don't have to do that for anybody else. You don't have to try to live a life that will be an example. No, you will be something pretty special because you're following the voice customized in your life. I don't know, maybe you've gotten comfortable in your valley of dry bones. There are things in your life that you're saying, well, this is just the way it is. It's probably never going to change. Well, you don't have to live that way. It's all whether you want to take this opportunity right here, right now. Jesus said he didn't want to come so that you just have life. He wanted you to have life abundantly, to the full, the best. He wanted it for the children of Israel. He wants it for people here this morning, those people online. He wants it for every person that calls themselves a Christ follower. He wants us to come alive, come alive. So the question is, how many times have you read the word, you've heard his voice, but you have not taken that step? And the insecurities and the worry becomes part of who you are. You say, well, I can't do anything about it anyway. No, you declare to those insecurities. You declare to that picture you have of yourself that's distorted. You declare to that depression, that anxiety. You declare to that, I will not settle for this. I am coming out of the, the valley of the dry bones and I will step into and I will drink of the living water. It's as if, uh, Kelly shared this with me, it's as if you have a water fountain. You're parched and dry. You've come out of the desert. You haven't had anything to drink. Man, I went walking the other day and I almost had heat stroke. I even had a bottle of water and I get such in a zone, I didn't even realize how fast I was walking. By the time I got home, I was, I thought I was going to die. And so I got a bottle of water and I just began to put water in my body. And it's when we get to these places spiritually and God gives us opportunity and every single person here has something in your life that seems to get bigger than your relationship with God. And we have that opportunity and that water fountain is sitting right there and we look up and say, wow, that's, that's really an awesome water fountain. But we don't get up and drink. Drinking changes us. 
God does not want us to have more information about the water fountain. He wants us to drink so that our heart can be transformed. There's no other way. And it reverses the decay and the deterioration process so that the day that you die, that God chooses the day that you die, is the best day of your life. Because now you get it all. I wonder how many of us are living that way. Or are we trying to stop that aging process? You see, this goes completely against the natural order. And I wonder, I wonder what dry bones will be called out today. How many people will not just look at the water fountain or just get more information and go out and say, wow, that was, a, that was really a new, beautiful water fountain. Or how many people will actually drink today? Every day we have an opportunity. We have an opportunity right now I'm calling out some dry bones come on up band because Jesus said this he said the thief comes to destroy you the thief comes to get your attention on all kinds of things that are really not going to matter eternally he comes to steal to kill and to lie not for that person over there but for you and you, and you. And Jesus said, I've come not that you're just alive, but that you're fully alive, and it's available to every single one of us. The first line of this song says, I give you permission, God. You can take these dry bones. And I'm going to come to you, and I'm not going to talk about the water fountain or try to fill up with more knowledge about the water fountain, but I'm going to drink from the water fountain. There is no life without water. There is no life without breath. And we need his breath breathing in us so that when we get in those tense situations that we don't need to fall into sin and deteriorate and decay spiritually so we can come alive. And then you can stand back. Do you know that victory I had the other night, not falling into temptation? I got a little bit stronger. And the next time the, the, the Spirit does that in me, I'm gonna get a little bit stronger. Or we can choose to fall into that temptation. But you see, the Spirit gives us the power in those times. We can't work for it, it's a gift that he gives us. Let's stand together. Will you give him permission today?
got more knowledge, just got more information about what this life is all about, that if you are a follower and a believer in Jesus Christ, that you understand in that moment you had opportunity to cross a line, to come fully alive. Now I'm trusting that when we leave here, we are a mighty army that goes out and we live this life of victory that God has given us. Oh, we're going to have our problems but we're going to face them in a very different way. We're going to speak very differently than we ever did before. We're going to end that grumbling and complaining because we're so grateful for what God has given us here this morning. Just like the children of Israel, he gave us another opportunity. We took it. He's filling us. Or we just kind of feel motivated to start the week again. One changes us, one changes the world, and the other just kind of camps out. My prayer is that we are now a mighty army because everyone has made that decision here this morning. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this crowd. Thank you for the opportunities that you've given people all the way down through, through time to take advantage of your voice, to take advantage of your word for those two to cross together and to bring us completely alive, Lord. I know that this is your design to change our world. It's not to get more laws. It's not to do any of the things that our culture tends to say that it is, but it's for transformed hearts, for the kingdom to be built in our hearts that we would go out and be fully alive Father, thank you so much for who you are in my life, for what you've done, for how you've transformed me. God, for how you're changing me from the inside out. Father, go with us now. Give us your strength and your power. And we pray in your name. You know, before we leave, let me just say, let me just give you opportunity. If, if maybe your heart was pounding and you didn't know exactly what to do with all eyes closed and head heads bowed, this is what we do, we want to, I just don't want to leave this place without giving someone an opportunity to step over that line and say, Jesus, I need your breath, I need your water. If, you, if that's you this morning, would you just raise your hand, let me see. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Father, I just pray for those that came to the point in, at that line, Lord, and they're just, I, I pray, Lord, that they will hear your voice, that they will nurture your voice in their life, that your Holy Spirit would empower them, that they would find victory in those areas that have been so difficult, and no longer, Lord, will we camp out in our place of hopelessness. So, Father, we love you, we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. See you guys next time.